Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. Connecting our most vulnerable population in the United States, right? Foster kids with like, in, in, in my opinion, the most passionate group of people, fly fishermen. Um, you know, like good things happen. That was Mr. Jess Westbrook of the Mayfly Project discussing what happens when you bring together some of the most passionate people and some of the most vulnerable population in the states today. Learn more about the Mayfly Project and how you can make a difference in a kid's life on today's episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Maggie Valley Fly Shop is your go-to stop in Western North Carolina for all your fly fishing needs. Whether you're looking to book a guided trip or you're wanting to go catch some gear that you may need before you hit the stream, hop into Maggie Valley Fly Shop, grab a cup of coffee, get all the gear you need, and go enjoy a great day on the water in Western North Carolina. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. Welcome everyone to the Dads on the Fly podcast and Happy New Year. I am Caleb alongside my brother Joshua. Joshua, how are you? Happy New Year, man. In true Dads on the Fly, like, I don't know what you call it, but in true Dads on the Fly fashion, fashion, we took the first day of 2023 and we got the most out of a full day, buddy. Yeah, we're both pretty wore out, and uh, but excited for this episode to drop t- tomorrow. Uh, we're recording really late this intro, but uh, excited for the new year. Uh, we spent the day at Dollywood with our kids. The day and, at Dollywood uh, that was a definitely on the fly trip, and we <laughs> felt like we spent it with half of Tennessee while we were there because it was pretty dang crowded. But made a lot of fun with our kids and uh, starting the year off right, spending some time with them. So, uh, yeah, man, but we're excited about what's coming up, Dads on the Fly, in 2023, and I want to just thank everyone who has continued to listen and uh, continue to support the podcast. Uh, Got some great shows headed your way, and I'm really excited about the one coming up today with Mr. Jess Westbrook of the Mayfly Project. Yeah, man, uh, couldn't think of a better episode for us to launch our first episode of 2023 than with uh, Mr. Jess Westbrook. What a great thing he has done with the Mayfly Project, and excited for our listeners to hear all about that today. But before we dive into the episode, we got a couple big announcements that we want to make sure and remind everybody about, be out for Dads on the Fly. Number one, we will be in about two weeks, man, at the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival in Doswell, Virginia. You can come meet us, hang out. Our wives will be there too. So you can make maybe the better half of both of us hang out. Uh, but we're just a small part of that show. Oh my gosh, there's going to be some huge names at that show. So go check them out online. Caleb, you're going to drop that website for everybody to just go in there and you can sign up for classes, um, some fly tying classes, and also some really cool how to read water classes, amongst other things, at the uh, uh, Virginia Fly Fishing Show. Yeah, man, the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival, um, if you haven't got your tickets yet, if you're going to be in the area, or even if you're not really close, uh, there's people coming around from all over the place. Got some great big names coming. Uh, the Dads on the Fly will have a booth there. We would love to see you. If you want to learn more about it, make sure to check it out at theaflyfishingfestival.com. We're excited about that. Or if you haven't had a chance, go back and check out our episode with Mr. Bo Beasley, who is the director of that uh, show. Yeah, we're excited about uh, the Fly Fishing Festival for sure. It is going to be a great time. Yeah, we got some cool ideas. We don't really know uh, everything we're going to do at our booth, but I can promise you it's going to be pretty exciting. And our second big announcement for 2023, Caleb, um, we've been working on this for quite a while, and we're excited to uh, to let everybody know about it. And we're going to put some, I think we're going to put some stuff out on social media this week for those of you who follow us that way. But we wanted to give our listeners a chance to, uh, to learn a little bit about it. And that is, if you would like to to help this show if, if this show has impacted you in in any way maybe you find it encouraging maybe you've used it to share with a friend to show to somebody else um we've had a lot of young dads reach out to us lately just over the kind of the holidays um big announcements that they're having kids or about to have kids or their kids are still pretty young and they're figured it all out and uh you know we've been able to kind of reach out and pour ourselves and encourage and inspire which is the goal uh, of our podcast, but uh, if you would like to help out with what we do here at Dads on the Fly um, and our episodes that help us to inspire and encourage other anglers or help us with the retreat that's coming up in April, we have a new opportunity for you to do that. So tell everybody a little bit about that, Caleb. 
Yeah, Dazzlefly for 2023, we are launching a Patreon. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with what Patreon is, it's a place for creators, artists, uh, podcasters, lots of different people to go uh, to have a uh it, it functions a little bit almost like a social media type platform, but it's nothing like social media. Uh, but if you go to patreon.com and uh, in the top, just search for Dads on the Fly, you will find the Dads on the Fly Patreon page. And if you would like to join to donate, because uh, as many people know, um, running a podcast has its expenses uh, from hosting platforms to equipment to all the different things that we need to be able to make this thing happen. And so if you would like to give to help make this podcast a continued success, you can do that on our Patreon. And the awesome thing about Patreon is that if you sign up to be a Dads on the Fly Insider through our Patreon, you will get bonus content. And I am excited about some of the bonus content we're going to have for 2023 so that's going to be kind of going to be bringing that out in steps you know um and that's going to be pretty cool with some of the bonus content i think we might get some extra special bonus content at the fly fishing show Absolutely. So, so i'm looking forward to that and uh that's just a great way to help us guys we really appreciate you doing that also just don't forget um anytime you get a chance to uh, to rate and review the show if you haven't already yeah, and another thing really cool about the Patreon is uh, we're going to have exclusive content on there. Uh, we'll also You'll also be connected to a private community where you'll get monthly emails uh, from the Dads on the Fly, hopefully monthly emails. That's the goal. We're, Josh was, Josh was raised inside me a little bit. Uh, but, it um, we're going to have some monthly emails on there, and also we're going to notify you early of upcoming guests. So if we've got guests coming and you want to ask them specific questions, like if we're going to have some fly tires on, you'll know about them weeks beforehand so that you can get your questions in and we will ask them yeah. to our special guests and you'll be able to hear their answers if you join our Patreon. I forgot so, uh, all about that. Yeah, part, man. man. So make sure to check out the Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com, search for Dads on the Fly. You'll be able to see it there. You can sign up um, to, to donate to the podcast to help uh, make an impact for dads and anglers. All right, man. So 2023, we're here. Dude, I'm stoked about January's episodes already. We've got some really cool shows. Um, already three that are, which is odd for we're getting ahead that's the cool thing about this 2023 we're going to be ahead guys we, we can know what's coming um but what a great way to start it off with tonight's episode um when i found out about the mayfly project it was just something i had to learn more about and i was so glad that jess gave us the time to really explore and hear um his passion for uh for the children that he reaches yeah so let's dive into our conversation now with mr jess westbrook of the mayfly project <laughs> Welcome, folks, to uh, Dads on the Fly today. Man, Caleb, it's so funny how things work. We, uh, you know, we had our good friend uh, Howie on early in our show, and uh, we love we love Howie. We talk to Howie all the time, and uh, I think you and him kind of had a conversation one night about what we're going to talk about today. And then uh, this this uh, organization just keeps popping up, and so I reached out to our special guest tonight, and uh, he's willing to sit down and talk to us about what he does through uh, just such a cool organization. So, Caleb, tell everybody who we're getting on the show tonight, man. Yeah, so we want to welcome to the Dads on the Fly podcast, Mr. Jess Westbrook of the Mayfly Project. And for everyone that doesn't know what the Mayfly Project is, the Mayfly Project is a nonprofit, a national organization that uses fly fishing as a catalyst to mentor and support children in foster care. So, Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. For we sure. appreciate that, man. Um, we want to start with just talking about, first of all, we're going to get into the Mayfly Project big time in this episode. But we want to start, where are your beginnings? When did Jess first get into fly fishing? Is that a yeah, long so, story or is it got a great no, story well, behind it? Not really. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, Josh, we, uh, you know, I grew up just fly fishing with my dad. So, um, my dad, since he was a little kid, uh, went to this place in Missouri called Rolling River State Park. And so I kind of grew up just going fishing there. And uh, I think um, the first picture I have of me catching fish on a fly rod, I was like six years old. So it's on a Polaroid. Like I'll, I have it here at my desk. I'll see if I can find it. I'd like to show you guys. Uh, yeah, please. That'd be call. awesome. But, um, but yeah, so just kind of started fly fishing with my dad um, when I was like, you know, a young kid. And, and we would go on family vacations and we'd spend a couple of weeks up there every year, but that'd kind of be it. And then, um, in my early twenties, when I was, 
uh, in college, I got the opportunity to guide in Alaska. And so that kind of really amped up, you know, my love for fly fishing. And I wasn't near qualified to be a guide, right? Like just, just to clarify that. Um, but then, uh, you know, really kind of amped up my love for fly fishing. And, um, so kind of when I got out of college is when I really started to take it serious. And then in my late twenties, uh, kind of converted to only fly fishing. Right. So uh, that's all I do now. That's great, man. So uh, you got started, sounds like, pretty early on. Uh, your dad was pretty influential in getting you connected with it. Um, and then you've you've stayed connected with it. Uh, it sounds like it's taking you to some really amazing places, uh, being out in Alaska. What was that like? Yeah, so Alaska was really, really fun. Um, we guided uh, in Bristol Bay on Lake Iliamna, and so guided with um, they're now called Angry Eagle Outfitters uh, back, you know, when I was in college, which, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to say like 15 years ago, right? Like I feel like it was so long ago, uh, you know, uh, it was Rainbow Bay Resort. And um, yeah, I learned a lot about myself and about, uh, you know, obviously about fishing. And yeah, it was a super cool experience. Um, Caleb, like I said, I loved every minute of it. They always say when you go to Alaska, like it kind of never gets out of your blood. And that's definitely true. You know, like I always like am, am longing to go back to Alaska. Uh, but yeah, it was a super cool experience. I definitely learned a lot. So, uh, I was very thankful for it. So you've been a guide, um, you've done obviously fishing, uh, other parts of the country or just a lot. I, I guess you started fishing for trout, right? If you were in kind of, you said Missouri, yeah. So we started, you know, so started fishing like just stalker, like state parks, you know, and, um, and just like you guys said, like, you know, had the opportunity to go fish in a bunch of different, um, different places like around the U S just visiting Mayfly projects and all that good stuff. So, um, it's funny. I was, uh, I had a guide trip this last week and, um, the client asked, he was like, Jess, where, where's your, um, if you had to, to pick a place to go fish, where'd it be? And so, um, I kind of told him, I gave him my answer that was kind of unconventional. I was like, man, just a river that I haven't fished. So I love to fish like new places. I feel like, you know, fishing different rivers, you know, give you different experiences and, and teach you a lot. So I, I love to learn. Man, we laugh a lot about that because that is Joshua to a T, uh, my brother. I mean, he, <laughs> he like, he's all, matter of fact, we got a possibility to go fish this weekend and we're going to a new river. Um, we got to go yeah. try something new and uh, we're going to put our raft on a new section river and we're excited about that but he's always like let's go learn something new let's go figure out something new i'm more of the like oh we know there's fish there let's go catch them so uh but we <laughs> we laugh sure. a lot about that man that's great that's though so you've got to travel around you've got to fish in a lot of different places so with that what's what's your favorite species to chase um i would definitely say um wild brown trout right like i love i think one of my favorite places that i fished was in like pennsylvania fishing like spring creek and some places like that like the little juniata um those were always really fun places for me so just like little wild brown trout like i love those things you know everybody's always chasing the big 30 inches like just give me a like 108 inches. I love it. You know, come so. on, come on, see us, my man. <laughs> Say, man, we, we're, we got them ten minutes up the road here. Yeah, we're about uh, the, <laughs> we're all about the native brook trout here, and uh, yeah, man, we yeah, can't get enough sure, of those little brookies. Sure. So, well, great, man. Well, thanks for telling us a little bit about fishing. And before we dive into a little bit more about the Mayfly Project, what do you think it is that that really draws you into fly fishing? What is it that's kept you? You've been doing it since you said you were a kid. Um, you know through college now through the Mayfly project, what is it about fly fishing that just keeps you so driven? Yes. So that's a good, that's a good uh, question, Kev. And it'll kind of actually, you know, take us into the Mayfly project, but for me, fly fishing is like all encompassing, right? So, um, and this is going to sound crazy. Like everybody's going to think I'm crazy and we get done with this, but you know, that's all I think about 24 seven. Like you can ask my wife, um, you know, if I'm not fishing, like I'm thinking about fishing, like I'm a, a so I love to tight line nymph. And so I'm always thinking about drifts and, um, you know, different ways to present flies and stuff like that. And, you know, also time flies. So, you know, if I'm not fishing, I can find ways to relax at home uh, by time flies. So for me, it's just like a all encompassing sport. Um, you know, when I decided to kind of give up everything, right, like duck hunting and all this stuff, duck hunting is 60 days a year. Right. Really, I can only go on the weekends during those 60 days. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, seven weekends or whatever it is, you know, which is 14 days. And I'm going to go to church on Sunday. So really, it's only seven days. So uh, but for me, you know, fly fishing is is, you know, 365 days a year. It doesn't matter if it's warm water, cold water, salt water like you can do it. And so for me, that's why I love it is because it's, you know, um, and, and two, like especially for our kids, with the Mayfly Project, it's, you know, um, if you 
have access to the river, like you can go fishing. You know what I mean? So I love that. So, um, yeah, for me, that's why I love fly fishing. It's, it's 24, seven, 365 all the time. That's you can well, ask my wife. That's well stated. I think my wife would agree sometimes, um, for <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I have some yeah. other things that I, that I dabble with, but nothing as much as that has kind of taken over me recently, especially probably since we started this podcast as a uh, fly fishing. So you segued into it a little bit and we, we kind of mentioned what the Mayfly project is, but tell us, let's, let's just go back to the beginning. Where did the idea, um, from, for the Mayfly project sort of come from? Yeah. So, um, so this the story is kind of long, but I'll try to I'll try to uh, to sum it up as you know we're a long form podcast. Go for it, man. Take <laughs> okay. all the time you want. Okay, well, yeah. So um, you know, so kind of talking about you know fly fish my entire life. Got it in Alaska. It wasn't until like my first son was born that I realized uh, that there's healing with fly fishing. So um, you know, my son Case is eight years old, and uh, after Case was born. I think it was seven days after he was born, uh, I had my first panic attack. So I had never had like anxiety or panic. And I don't know if it was like the excess caffeine and no sleep. Like Laura would be like feeding case. I was worried she was going to go to sleep. So I would like drink coffee and tie flies. Right. So I, I think all of that kind of um, <laughs> morphed into this first panic attack. And so, um, so seven days, seven days in, I had a, I had a panic attack and, um, I started experiencing like really intense anxiety. So I was worried about, you know, Hey, what, what would happen to case if I wasn't here? Right. And like all these different things. And I started to have major anxiety. So, um, you know, I, um, I lost like 30 pounds. I was missing work. Like, um, the, the company that I worked for, they were super, like I was good friends with them. And so they kind of knew what was going on. So we were very open about it, you know, but, um, I was a 30 year old man, right? My mom and dad were like coming over to stay with me right during the day because I was missing work and I was so anxious. Like it was, it was crazy. So, um, you know, you know, two weeks before case was born, uh, there was this guy, his name was Chris Morris and he took me fishing, uh, with him for the first time. So they had like a TV show on like the pursuit channel and they were like a local Arkansas fly shop. And, um, I really kind of looked up to him, you know? And so, um, you know, uh, when I started experiencing that anxiety for case was born, like I didn't really want to go fishing, but Chris kept asking me to go. Right. And so every time Chris would ask me to go, I looked up to Chris. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, t- I'll totally go. And I noticed every time I was out on the water, um, like my anxiety disappeared. Right. Like even if it was just for those eight hours, right. Or Laura would say 12 hours, but you know, they were, they were, they were eight hour days, but, um, you know, so, um, I kind of noticed that and I kind of noticed that I really found healing on the river. So, um, and like I said, that was, but that was the only way I could find it. You know what I mean? And so I started fishing more and more and I just noticed the healing power with it. Right. And so I kind of knew that I wanted to give back, like doing something with fly fishing. I just didn't know what it was. And, um, my anxiety is like health related, right. Like kind of worried about myself and my health and, um, And so like, you know, you know, working with people who are sick or what, it just wasn't really in my alley, right? Like it wasn't up my lane. And so, um, you know, again, like, you know, having a brand new baby and I guess case was probably like six months old. We were at church and uh, they started talking about foster kids. And I was like, you mean like these kids don't have parents and, you know, all these things like I love like case so much. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like these kids, like I turned out halfway normal, right? Let's just halfway in quotes. And like, I had great parents, you know what I mean? Like, what about these kids that don't have parents? And so uh, I looked at Laura in church that day and I was like, that's what I want to do is I want to start taking foster kids. And so, um, so that's what we did. We started taking foster kids, uh, just Laura and I, and um, just, you know, kind of, you know, we would, we'd take them out and we had, we had like two or three kids that we were working with and um, about, you know, a year in, I told Laura, I was like, Hey, I'm going to set up like a nonprofit and, um, I'll start donating and I just got part-time. And so I was like, I'll donate some of my like tips and whatnot, and we'll buy gear for these kids. And so set up the nonprofit kind of got the idea to start, you know, kind of moving, you know, moving and shaking with some foster kids stuff. And um, so got that set up in November of 2015. And then in uh, like April of 2016, uh, we had Andrea Larco do our logo, which is, uh, you know, fairly uh, recognizable, right? Like, um, uh, we weren't trying to do that, but Andrew did a great job of it. And, uh, when that hit social media, um, 
uh, a lady by the name of Caitlin Barnhart reached out to me from Idaho. And so she has a background in mental health. And so she was like, Hey, like I've taken foster kids in the past. You know what I mean? Like, I think what you're doing is awesome. Like we should, you know, let's, let's talk, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? And so Kate and I kind of, you know, hopped on some phone calls. And so I have a business background and my wife, Laura has um, a legal background. And then Caitlin has a mental health background. So it was a really good, like, you know, kind of team. And so, um, yeah, so that's just kind of the, you know, how it, I guess, morphed into the Mayfly project. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds great, man. It sounds like all the pieces just came into play really well for you. Um, getting the right people involved, getting the right people doing what their strengths are. Um, and uh, I think it's super cool the way that you found through your own personal healing on the water and you want to give that back to kids to be able to experience it too. And and it sounds like that's kind of the whole idea behind the Mayfly Project. Oh, yeah, totally, Caleb. Like, I mean – you know, again, you can, I mean, you can ask Laura to this day, like, you know, if I hadn't been fishing in two weeks, she's like, Hey, you, you may need to, you may need to go, <laughs> you know, you may need to get out there. I and, feel uh, you, man. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, all of our kids like that we work with, I say all of them, most of our kids that we work with, you know, have, you know, different forms of trauma and PTSD and all these different things from being removed from their homes. So, um, you know, all the healing with fly fishing, right? Like, you know, there's, there's proof that the the sound of running water will calm anxiety and there's there's all these different things right like being outside you know lowers your heart rate and does all these different things so you know physical and mental benefits for our kids um you know and there's roughly like you know 425,000 foster kids in the United States so you know in our opinion uh you know we're trying to connect the most vulnerable population in the US which we believe is foster kids right kids without families uh with uh fly fishing so we think the those two fit uh uh i guess you know like a glove like hand in hand you know two th- the first thing i was it's almost sounds also that it was something that just really laid on your heart i mean to to hear it kind of come to what it is now but it started just like as a conversation between you and your wife and you're sitting in church and it was almost just like it was laid on your heart and, and God put that there oh, 100%. For, for you to just yeah. take off with it. And that to me is also extremely powerful that sometimes if we listen, um, God has big plans for us. And, uh, and you're definitely a testament to that. Second thing I want to say was as a school teacher, eighth grade school teacher, uh, I see this all the time. I've seen it for 15 years teaching in class and, and, uh, through my grad school, we did some stuff, um, studying kids with trauma um, to get my administration degree and and to hear to you just echo that that usually all every all these kids who are in foster care they, they've had some kind of trauma um, you know we did something called the ACEs test which everyone won't understand but you may be familiar with it but those kids usually rank high on that test and they have all these different traumas in their life that they've had to go through um, and for you to provide healing for them um, man just, just what a great thing so, so talk a little bit about what does it look like for um i know where i may be going a little off script here but for a project so if, I, if i'm for a foster kid do they once a year is it once in their life do they do you get kids that come back to that yeah so yeah so yeah josh we um so we work with our kids uh we do five sessions with our kids within a six-month window right so um that's kind of there's a start and stop for both the you know, the mentees and the mentors, right? So, you know, it's really important for our mentees to understand like, hey, like this is the way the program works, like, you know what I mean? And and that way they don't feel abandoned at the end of it, right? Like, you know, if there wasn't an end to it, you know, the the end, the end's important, right? Some people don't understand why, you know, we don't, we don't mentor them for a lifetime. Well, it's, you know, these kids also move around. I don't know the actual statistics, but, you know, they'll be in, you know, multiple homes in a year. And so, so we, we, we mentor our kids, you know, five sessions within a six month window. And within those, you know, five sessions, we teach them casting, conservation, you know, knot tying, fly tying, everything you know to be a fly fisherman. Right. And so, um, you know, obviously we focus on one to one mentorship. So um, that way there is, you know, one mentor per one kid. And so that way, you know, these kids that are in group homes, they they kind of um, get uh I won't say alone time because we're in a group setting, but they get one-on-one time with, with a mentor, which is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and you know, our kids, when they also leave our program, we provide them with everything they need to fly fish on their own. So we give them their own fly rod, their own pack, their own flies, 
you know, tip it, hemostats, you name it, like our kids get it. So we really want to connect them with like their local ecosystems, you know, so it's great to go fish private trout water, you know, um, but we really want to connect our kids with the pond that's right down the street, right? Like we really want them to be able to go back and replicate what they've learned. And so um, for us, you know, it's super important for our kids to um, you know, to, to be able to, you know, and also recognize like public lands. Right. So, you know, um, that's, that's something that's not necessarily known, but there's tons of, you know, we hear stories all the time of kids that, you know, are coming out of Seattle or coming out of wherever that have like never been out of the city, which is insane. You know, to me, you know, but I know it happens all the time and we hear it more often than not. So in 2015, so we said we became like official, I guess. And yeah, yeah, at that yeah. point you were just locally where you live. Yeah. So the very first year, 2016, we had projects in Arkansas and Idaho. So I'm in Arkansas and Kate's in Idaho. And then, um, oh man, I mean, Kate sent me some statistics the other night. Like, so in 2023, we'll be in, we'll have like 91 projects in like 35 states and the United Kingdom. Uh, wow. which is really cool. So you know? how, how many, how you started two projects mm-hmm. and how many kids when you first started in 2015? So we, I think our very first year we had around 20 kids. Um, and, and this year, you know, in 2023, we'll do, you know, 450 to 500 kids, wow. which sometimes people are like, oh, that's not, that's not, you oh, know, gosh, that's, no, not that's really, huge. I think it's yeah, I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. We, we also take them on five outings too, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like those 500 kids, like five times, you know, which is, uh, you know, extrapolates out to, to 2,500 river outings, you know, yeah. I guess, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's definitely grown a lot. We, we've, we purposely try to, um, I guess, uh, ease up on the reins a little bit just to try to make sure that we don't grow too fast. You know, we want to create really sustainable projects. So we try to only launch five projects a year. Um, we end up launching, you know, we obviously we end up launching a couple more than that. I mean, if you, you know, if you do the math, if you do the math, you can figure that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but really, we really do try to only do you know five projects a year just to make sure that we're creating sustainable projects. And sometimes it takes, um, you know, it takes a couple years for a project to get off the ground and running because because finding kids can be uh can be difficult. It's gotten a little bit easier over the years. Like when we first started, it was really hard to find kids. Um, you know, they would kind of be like, why are y'all, why do y'all want to take, you know, kids fishing? And they'd be like, do girls fish? And we'd be like, well, yeah, you know, um, so, um, actually the girls are better than the, the I was going to say, usually like, they're probably better. Yeah. They, oh yeah. They, they 90, listen way better. 9% of the time for yeah. sure. They're better. Um, but yeah, so, um, it's, it's been pretty wild to watch it grow. You know, mainly how we, you know, we grow is, uh, we'll have people reach out to us who want to start projects. So, um, we have what we call like a lead mentor. And so they they basically, you know, uh, man the ship. They make sure that, you know, uh, they, they recruit mentors, they find kids, um, they, you know, communicate with national, you know, um, you know, about fundraising and all that good stuff. Um, and so we have a lead mentor who basically will take on a role and um, and kind of leads the charge. And then we have, you know, we normally try to build a team of like six to eight mentors before we start looking for kids. So we want to have a good solid team. Um, and that way, when we approach a group home, uh, in their area, we're ready to go and we don't have to, to, to backtrack and kind of build our team. So a, an av- a project on average has how many kids? Like, I know that's probably hard based on yeah, cities and some really, are bigger, but yeah, that's a really good question, Josh. Like, um, so the bigger projects, so like Arkansas is a, is a fairly big one. Um, the really big projects will have like 12 to 15 kids. Like that's a big project. So an average um, is six know, to eight or something maybe? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably say six to eight, you know, and honestly, like, you know, those, you know, I'd say six to 10 kids is probably the, the most ideal. You know what I mean? Like, We've there have been times where we've had like twenty kids and it's a little chaotic. No, it's a lot chaotic. It's hard to take it's twenty kids chaotic. to the water. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I can't imagine. It's, yeah. it's wild. Like yeah. I mean, you're like rotating through stations, yeah. and you know. So, um, yeah, I would say probably the best is like you know six to ten kids would be the That's most really ideal cool. project. And I I think you know I know you were saying some people were probably like ah oh, 
only five times. Like that that's phenomenal because I think what you're doing is you're super intentional. You're super intentional in that time that you're together. And then mm-hmm. you're you're trying to teach these kids something that they can take with them for the rest of their life. Like mm-hmm. you're not just trying to do this thing and be like you're actually trying to teach them skills that are going to hopefully help them cope with a lot of the stuff that they're going well, through. The, the reality and, of and it I is, I think that's phenomenal. Well, the rea- reality of it is, Caleb, like, and we, he said this, and, and you know this from your background, and a lot of those kids are probably going to stay in foster care for a while. Yeah. And, and so they're going to bounce somewhere else. So if they do a project when they're, what, 10, 12, I don't know what their ages are, mm-hmm. but do you get kids of all ages, I assume? Yeah, we're normally like eight to 18, okay. pretty much. So say you get a kid that's like 14 and, Maybe he takes this to a foster home and he tells a kid, you're teaching him a life skill. He can tell another kid that he may know somewhere else and I can teach you how to do this. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the way I see it is you're, you're creating oh, yeah. We, we hear that stuff all the time, Josh. Even like kids who have been adopted, like teaching their adoptive parents how to fish. I mean, we hear that's awesome. all kinds of cool stuff, you know. It's, it's super cool. Like, you know, I mean, I feel like um, – like fly fishing, you know, is, is, is built for people with like hurts, habits and hangups, right? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, our more. veterans, our breast cancer survivors, you know, you have the new nonprofit, um, really in recovery. Like, I feel like fly fishing is like made for foster kids, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, you spoke to it, like the way you've experienced healing on the water through your anxiety I, i've been through something very similar and and thank you for your transparency and sharing that by the way i know it's yeah. not always easy to talk about um but uh we we hear that over and over again from so many different people about the healing uh, just the healing that takes place when we're outside first of all um yeah. you know being in god's creation and then so much that takes place when we're we're on the water and I, I don't know i've tried to figure out ways to put words to that and language to that and i still don't think we've been able to figure that out yet um i'm sure your friend with the all the mental health background probably can do better at that yeah than, yeah than Caitlin's, yeah she's pretty good at telling me uh what my feelings are you know what i mean yeah. like her goal is to try to get me to cry on like podcasts and stuff <laughs> I'll start crying. You'll just, you'll just tell, we'll you we'll try not to do that. Well, tonight. Yeah. Well, but I mean, if, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if it happens, yeah. go for it. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, there, there's something healing that takes place out there, and you're getting to introduce kids to to this thing that we've fallen in love with. Um, not just because it's fun, but because it's it's beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. My wife, same way as yours, like she'll look at me sometimes in a couple of weeks and be like, "Hey, how long has it been since you've been to the water?" Like, <laughs> like, yeah. um, yeah. Fuse gets shorter and things, so. Um, and this is really cool. Anything else you want to speak to about the actual events or what's what's taking place at the events? So you, you kind of dove into it a little bit. It's five sessions. Um, they're teaching a different skill at each session. Is that kind of how it goes? So it just kind of depends, you know, like Caleb, one thing, um, you know, like the way we fish in Arkansas, right? Like typically isn't necessarily the same as in Idaho. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so projects are are um are kind of fluid a little bit you know yeah, you also have to like read, read the kids you know what i mean like if the kids are done after an hour and a half then like that's it you yeah. know and so you kind of have to read everything and see what's going on but we basically we have like nine buttons our kids can earn i wish i could i thought i had some buttons here at my desk we have like and i know people in the podcast can't see this but this is like an example of one of our buttons but yeah. we have nine buttons our kids can earn like when they catch and release fish you know, they learn about entomology. Um, they pick up trash along the river. So we have all these different activities, right? Like that that our kids do throughout the sessions. Um, and so again, like every every project's kind of different in the way they go about things. You know what I mean? Also, you know, if you have a kid that that just wants to sit and throw rocks in the water, like we're just, you know, I mean, they're kids, right? Like yeah. I used to do that too. I mean, I still do that, you know, throw rocks in the water. Well, you know, when my when my cousin's fishing next to me, I like That's to make right, water. Yeah. <laughs> not catching anything. Uh, um, so but. before we go to break, we want to um, ask one more question. Then when we come back, we're going to actually talk after break about how people can get involved. Um, so we'll yeah. save that for after the break. But you've been doing this now for seven years, and there's no doubt that it's a huge success. But I want to just ask this. Um, when did you know that? It was going to be, did you go through some highs and lows at the beginning or was everything, has it just been perfect the whole way? Or um, when did you know that what you had is what it is now? Like such a, such a cool thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of think Josh that 
you know, in in my opinion, like fly fishing definitely has the uh, most passionate people, like on the face of the planet, right? Like, like fly fishermen are passionate, right? They're passionate about catch and release. They're passionate about what whatever they do, like they are passionate about. And so, you know, connecting our most vulnerable population in the United States, right? Foster kids with like, in 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 my opinion, the most passionate group of people, fly fishermen. Um, you know like good things happen. Obviously we knew kind of right off the bat that like, I mean, actually I didn't. Caitlin was like, yeah, I think this could really like take off. I'm like, yeah, I don't think anybody is going to think this is cool. You know what I mean? Um, Like, you know, we'll just sell a bunch of t-shirts, you know, to fund this thing, you know, cause we were, we weren't good at, we didn't know anything about fundraising or anything, but um, so, you know, obviously like it, it took off fairly fast and, and, you know, we've, we have had some, you have highs and lows and growing pains, right? Like, you know, you start out and we're keeping everything in an Excel spreadsheet, right? And then like you look at us today, you know, seven years later and we have this uh, really sophisticated like Salesforce backend that keeps up with all of our 1500 mentors and sends out automatic background checks and like all these different things. So like if you had told me seven years ago, like we would be where we are today, be like, yeah, that's not, that's not possible, you know? Um, so um, you know, obviously like COVID was like a really scary time, right? Like when you have yeah, a, sure. a, a nonprofit that is, you know, goes outside to, to mentor people. Right. And you, you can't, you can't do that. Um, that was, that was a fairly scary time, but uh, again, like the fly fishing community just like showed up like, you know, like crazy, you know, and just like we had our, our biggest year ever. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's really surprising. Uh, obviously like every time we get a donation, I'm like, oh yeah, who's this? You know what I mean? Like, and it's still, you know, <laughs> like it's, I don't know. So it's, 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 it's crazy when it's your baby and you just kind of watch it flourish, you know, but, but honestly, like, you know, it's not anything that like Jess did or Caitlin did. Like it's, it's the lead mentors and our mentors and everybody who really like makes it happen. Right. Like, Je- you know, Jess is only one person and Caitlin's only one person. Like all these other people actually did the work. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, granted, I've mentored a, a few kids over the last seven years, but you've got 1,500 other mentors who are killing it too, if that yeah. makes sense. Well, and you're, you're just casting that vision, man, and you're getting it out there and you're putting it in people's minds and giving them an opportunity. So um, thank you for doing that. We're, uh, we're going to take a short break, and um, we're going to come back, Jess, and talk to you a little bit more about a uh, little bit more about the Mayfly project, but also um, some more about your own personal family and fishing and having kids on the water. So uh, we're going to take a break and we will be right back. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Trout Routes. Joshua, one of the things that we love to do is to explore new water, and we have found an amazing new resource to help us do just that. Whether it's going out west in places we've never been before or finding new water right here in western North Carolina, Trout Routes has become an amazing resource to help us find more trout to catch. Yeah, Caleb, created in 2019, Trout Routes is an app providing the most complete resource available to trout anglers while on and off the water. The mission of Trout Routes is to empower anglers to explore the public trout waters across the United States. They are also proud to work with backcountry hunters and anglers, Trout Unlimited, and United Women on the Fly in 2023 to grow the sport, improve conservation, and fight for public land access. Caleb, I can't tell you a better thing to use if you're a new or an experienced angler to find a place to fish than to use the app Trout Routes. And as of January 3rd, 2023, the entire lower 48 states are now covered by the Trout Routes app. So check them out on your Android or Apple phone today. And we are back with Mr. Jess Westbrook from the Mayfly Project. Jess has been telling us all about the Mayfly Project and how their mission to help the most vulnerable population in our uh, in our world, really, in our, in our country especially, um, to get kids connected with fly fishing, foster kids connected with fly fishing, and the healing power that these kids find in the water. Jess, we want to ask uh, a little bit about how people can be involved in this, but before we, we talk about how they can be involved, I want to ask you this. Why should someone give, donate, volunteer into this project? That's a that's a really good and big question, Kev, and not something that I'll 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 take lightly. So, um, 
So for us, like the same way we uh, connect kids with their local ecosystems, like we feel like it's important for um, mentors to mentor in their own community. Right. So like we have we have everything broken out where, you know, if, if, if your calling isn't maybe mentoring, you know, it's it's to donate. Right. Like we, we definitely have it to where you can pick out a specific project and you can donate to that project. Right. And those monies will stay right there. So, you know, that. You know, if you're in Denver, Colorado, uh, your monies will go to help kids in Denver. You know, um, uh, you know, when it comes to mentoring, I, I, I personally and this is just a personal belief, you know what I mean? But I personally believe that, you know, um, that our kids like definitely need us right now. So our kids are, are, are the future of fishing, the future of our public lands, their future of climate change, their future for everything. Right. Like so we have to teach our kids to take care of our planet. We also um, you know, foster care is definitely a cyclical thing, right? Like there's all these statistics. I wish I knew them off the top of my head. I'll, I'll throw out a couple, but they may be wrong. But like our statistics are, you know, I mean, if, if kids edge out of foster care, I think like 52% of them will, you know, end up homeless. Like, and I, and again, but there's all these like crazy statistics of, you know, these kids that, you know, don't have families that, that end up aging out and all these, you know, all these things, you know, they end up going down these wrong paths. And so, um, you know, there, there's proven facts that mentors can reroute that path. And so, um, you know, again, having a positive uh, impact on a kid's life, like that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I still remember, um, you know, baseball coaches and, you know, different people like that who definitely had a had an impact on me, you know, and, and who I am today, you know. Some of my baseball coaches were negative impacts, but some were positive. <laughs> I completely <laughs> understand. Um, so tell us, I'm sure there's so many stories. Do, do you have one that stands out of of how uh, maybe it's a project, maybe it's maybe it's a kid. I know you can't say names, um, but is there anything that really stands out? Some just like a great success story from the Mayfly Project so far. Yeah. So I think like one for me personally, like we hear, I hear story, we hear stories all the time of, sure. you, you know, of, of like, you know, mentors in Colorado going up the river and they like, they see their mentee from last year, just like railing fish. Right. Like that, those are, those stories are great. I think, I think the coolest, um, one of the coolest stories was, um, we mentored this girl, um, and her name was Christina and we mentored her for two, two years, uh, for the Mayflower project. And, uh, we ran into her. Uh, she was um, working the window at Chick-fil-A and uh, we ran into her and uh, she was like, hey, Mr. Jess, how are you? And I was like, hey, Christina, what's going on? And she was telling she was like, yeah, I got adopted. And uh, th- I kind of alluded to this story earlier, but she's like, yeah, you know, I taught my adoptive family how to fish and we all go fishing now. Right. And so like for for me, like, you know, we I spend a lot of time with my dad and with my family out on the water. And so, you know, um, there's there's something special about being in the middle of the river with, you know, people you care about versus, you know, sitting in the living room on the cell phone. And so, um, you know, he just hearing Christina like, you know, firsthand telling us, you know, hey you know, this, this made an impact on my life and I'm teaching, you know, my new adopted family, how to, how to fish. Like that was a, that's a, I don't know what else we could ask for. You know what I mean? That's a, that's great, man. Yeah. Sorry. I I love it. Go ahead, Josh. Perfect. I mean, what a great story. So just me, man, I'm like, I I have to start down this route now. We got to, cause I'm thinking if it's me listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm all in right now. And so I'm like, what can I, so what can I do and how can we make this work? Right. How, How do I get involved? So, so tell our listeners, number one, obviously, um, you guys do some let's start with just donations. I know you do some cool like giveaways and some some raffles and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. let's start with that way and then we'll kind of go into the other way if you want to get deeper in it. But just give them the kind of roundabout how you do that first. Yeah. So um so like you said, like when it comes to donations, you know, you can go to our website, which is the Mayflyproject.com and you know, you can look at our interactive map and see if there's a project close to you and you can donate to that project or um, you know, we have uh, reoccurring donations, which is, you know, donate $10 a month or, you know, anything, you know, whatever your, your threshold is there, like all that's greatly appreciated. Um, our cost per kid is $780. And that includes, you know, the gear to mentor them. That includes the gear they get. That includes food, insurance, all these different things. So, um, you know, if, if, if kind of you're calling on your heart as a sponsor kid, it's, it's $780 a kid. Um, 
Yeah, and we also do like in-kind donations, right? Like we always need flies. Like you can imagine how many, like think of how many flies like 500 kids will lose in 2,500 river sessions. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's like I'm, it's like I'm, <laughs> it's like we're, you know, outfitting my cousin with flies over here or something, you know, like, I mean, it is just, so yeah. So, you know, if you love to tie flies, like, you know, those in-kind donations are an old pair of waders, like that would be amazing too. So yeah, any any uh, in-kind donations are, are are also greatly appreciated. Okay, and then let's take a step further. So I'm sure, and I've talked a little bit about this with, with you um, off air, just on the phone. I'm sure to, I don't, know, I don't know the best way to go about this. Obviously, say there's already a project in my area. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's already a project close to me. Um, and I know you guys are very thorough in how you make sure you choose, like, which I think is great. You know, it's not, you can't just let, Hey, I want to go fish with these kids, right? Um, you got to right. do some some background and stuff. So, let's just say I want to be involved. Is there, are there different levels? Like, I could be a full mentor, but also maybe just volunteer some time in other ways too. How does that work if there's already a project close to me? Yeah. So, if there's a project close to you guys, like we have on our website again, themayflowproject.com, we have two sets of applications. So, we have like a lead mentor application. We have join an existing project. Okay, so. Let's say, you know, you want to join the Nashville project or or you want to join the Atlanta project or or whatever. Um, you know, you just go on our website and you want to be a mentor. You can just go and and fill that out and you can actually select what project you'd like to join from a drop down list. And so it'll kind of give us an idea. And so what we'll do is we'll uh, uh, set up an interview with you with either Lindsay or Miss Harrington um, and, uh, kind of explain everything. So everybody understands what they're getting themselves into. You know what I mean? Not that there's any, just, you know, understanding the commitment and and that kind of stuff and questions. Um, and then, uh, we do background or we do reference checks, you know, so we normally require three reference checks. And so we, we check all those and then we do background checks and then we connect you with the lead mentor basically. So if you're wanting to actually mentor, that's how we'll, we'll go about that. Um, if you're wanting to, uh, just like, you know, let's say uh, you're, you know, it's kind of called upon your heart to uh, cook lunch for everybody, right? Like we definitely need that too. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a huge need. So, um, so, you know, send us an email. Uh, you can send either, you know, an email to Jess at the Mayflyproject.com or Caitlin, you know, at the Mayflyproject.com. Uh, Kate would actually probably be the one that would handle it. But, um, you know, we could totally connect you with a lead mentor if you want to, you know, give back uh, doing some other thing other than mentoring, which again, like we definitely need. So, um, those, you know, any of those, any, any, uh, it definitely takes a village. So, you know, uh, we, we need all, all kinds of people for sure. And then if you are somewhere and you're like, man, closest project is four hours from me. Um, mm-hmm. but I think this is something that, that needs to happen in my area. And I know you said it's something that's a process. You're not just going to throw it cause you do guys do it the right way. Um, mm-hmm. but if, if that's kind of called upon your heart, Hey, I would like to see what this looks like for a project near me um what does that look like so um so we're currently uh so 2023 is already booked and so we're currently you know scheduling projects for 2024 so you know you can go to our website and fill out the lead mentor application and so what we'll kind of do there is normally uh you'll set up a call with caitlin and caitlin will interview you and then if she's like okay i think this is good then normally they'll do an interview with me and caitlin and and the person and then we'll kind of be like okay uh and we you know honestly we we'll talk four or five times before we'll send you know over like handbooks and all these different things for you know the the possible lead mentor to look at just to make sure they uh you know really understand what 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 uh what's happening and um yeah so you know again kind of run reference checks and background checks and then um you know we have like trainings every single month that we want them you know, they're not mandatory, but like, it's definitely good. Um, we have like new lead mentor trainings and we have existing trainings where, you know, uh, new lead mentors can, you know, ask questions of existing leads and stuff like that. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll take them through, you know, a few different trainings on, you know, um, you know, all of our processes and how to order gear and, you know, trauma-informed care and all these different things. And so, you know, it takes a little while to kind of get a project up and going. Like, you know, it's it's normally a year to get a project up off the ground for sure. I think that's good. I think that shows you guys are thorough in your vetting process on making sure you're getting – because the last thing you want to do is get these vulnerable kids into a project and not work out well or not mm-hmm. be a success. You want to set them up for success for sure. So I think that's really great that you guys are doing mm-hmm. that. 
Well, cool, man. So, uh, thinking a little bit more about the Mayfly project, you know, what does it, what does it mean to you to just see these projects and this mission be successful? I know you said you didn't even, you didn't think it was even going to be this thing. And now <laughs> here it is, it's growing. What, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, um, you know, for, for me, like, um, you know, the goal for the Mayfly project in the long run is to, um, to run without Justin Caitlin, right? Like for me, like, you know, we want to create a sustainable organization that, that, that runs, you know, that's run by the board that, that, that does everything a nonprofit should be, should do. Right. And so for us, like, um, you know, for the Mayfly project as a whole, you know, just to kind of do what is best for, uh, the Mayfly project is always first and foremost. So, um, you know, like it's, it's obviously it's super, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really cool because I feel like we've made so many friends and connections, right? Like all these lead mentors are like friends and like we talk to them and we text them and, you know, so it's, it's like a, it's really, really special to, um, to all like to, to see it happen. And then like, Really good examples are Boise, Idaho. They have a really like amazing project. They actually had like um, a new spot this last week, and um, you know it was awesome because like we didn't even know about it. And like to me, like that's that's what like that shows that like Kim and Jeremy are owning their project, and and that is a self sustainable thing. You know what I mean? Where where Jess and Caitlin don't even know this interview's happening, and they nail it on their own. Like that's what we want. You know what I mean? And so like. I don't know. We're just, I'm really proud to, for, for like everybody that is, that's doing it. You know what I mean? Cause we, we of course give them the tools, but I mean, man, they execute it. And sometimes that executing it, you know, um, you know, again, trying to, uh, to wrangle 20, you know, 20 kids is like hurting butterflies, you know? So I'm super proud of our yeah, mentors. You that's know? great, man. So you see this, um, I mean, it, it's your life in a way work, working with these, these foster kids and, and working with these mentors, but, but you yourself are a father of three and, uh, and you, I already mentioned how much joy you get out of having your family on the water. And, um, I know your kids are younger, but what have you learned or how has doing the Mayfly project and, and seeing this side of things and, and intermingling those two, how has that made you, maybe a better father. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's a great question, Josh. Like, um, obviously like, um, they're good life lessons for our kids, right? Like when we, when we do outings, cause our kids will go with us, um, on some of these outings, you know what I mean? So for our kids to, um, to also realize that, you know, they're, they're lucky. I think that's good for our kids, you know, for, for me as a, as a dad, like, um, I, uh, I don't know, like, um, I always had, like, my father was really awesome. You know what I mean? I really would like to be the father that my, my, uh, my dad, you know, was to me. And like I said, I'm, I'm constantly working towards that. Um, but you know, in our, in our crazy, crazy lives with, you know, all the technology, all the text messages, all the things that happen, all the distraction, um, you know, being able to, you know, spend time with my kids on the water, like definitely takes all of that away for, for a little bit, you know what I mean? Like where we can just talk. And, um, this past weekend, um, uh, I went deer hunting with my, uh, with Case, who's eight, you know what I mean? And deer hunting's not really my thing, right? But he wants to go, so I'm going to go with him. Um, but, man, it was great just to, like, um, man, and you talk about have ADD. That that dude in a deer stand, eight hours with him? Holy I was going to say, learned a lot about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, so, um, you know, just spending time with, with our kids, like, you know, even, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, the healing for, um, for our foster kids. Like, I mean, you know, I noticed a different difference with case too, when he's outside, right? Like even if, even if we're not fishing, even if he's outside playing, right. If our kids don't play outside for, you know, a minimum of, they think four hours a day, you know, they're, they're, uh, they can be a little wild at night, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can see the same stuff that we're working on with our Mayfly project kids with my kids. Like I can see the same effects, you yeah. know what I mean? When I get them outside and when we, 
we do stuff and we communicate in one-on-one time, right? Like a lot of times as parents, it's easy to be distracted. It's like, man, I'm tired. I'm just going to scroll through, you know, TikTok yeah. or whatever, you know, or film my next TikTok dance video. <laughs> um, but, you know, with our, uh, you know, the intentional one-on-one conversation, like always, I notice, like with our kids that does good things in foster care, but also with our, 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 our personal kids, right? Like, you know, taking times to invest in our kids. And again, like having three kids, I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot of kids. Um, And so, you know, you have to like, you know, especially Kyle, our middle one, you know what I mean? So like Kate's the oldest, right? Like we can go hunting together, Kate, the youngest. So Kate named after Caitlin. So Kate, the, the youngest, um, you know, she's three, so she's always the baby. And so Kyle, you know, always got to try to make time, time for Kyle, you know? And so, uh, she's so sweet. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely noticed correlations between, you know, the one-on-one time, the outdoor time, all that good stuff we do with our foster kids and and definitely relates to uh, my kids at home. Yeah, I mean, you um, you see the importance of mentor foster kids. I mean, I feel like mom and dad, you're, you're mentor number one for your own kids. So uh, mm-hmm. you probably definitely see that played out. Yeah. Man, so you spend a lot of time, you know, with your own kids on the water. You spend a lot of time with foster kids on the water. What's something that you've learned about fishing with kids? This may be our best guest to answer this question that we've ever had. We've had a lot of cool guests on this show, yeah. but nobody's probably fished with as many kids as he has. So I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. yeah so, um, so success is not measured by the amount of fish you catch, yeah. right? Like us as adults, it typically is, right? And I'm typically, I'm a Euro nymph, so I'm the worst, right? Like I'm the worst, uh, <laughs> That's good. you know, but, you know, especially even when we first started working with foster kids, like I'd, I'd be real worried about if we caught fish, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's the number one thing, like our, our new leads will worry about is the amount of fish we catch, you know what I mean? But, but truly, um, the kids don't actually care. Like they don't, they don't care if you catch. I mean, they don't care if you're catching 30 inch brown trout or three inch perch, they don't actually care. You know what I mean? They just, they really just want to be outside and they want to spend time with you. Um, and so just, just like having a super relaxed environment and having fun is really important. And also like, and my dad was really good, um, with me, but like when kids are ready to go, like you better go, you know what I mean? Like you can't keep them out there all day. Um, you know, case, you know, uh, especially a couple of years ago, we go fishing and like, we drive like an hour and, you know, he'd fish for like literally five minutes and I'd be like, man, <laughs> like what the we heck? Drove an hour. You know, but, um, but yeah, so I would say, you know, the two things, um, are definitely like read the kids, you know what I mean? When they're ready to go, it's time to go. And, and the kids don't actually care about, you know, what you're catching, necessarily they definitely want to spend time with you they want to have fun and you know we you do need to, to set them up for success you know what i mean but again like success isn't necessarily a 30 inch brown trout as much as it is catching you know 10 perch on a pheasant tail underneath an indicator in a pond you know so just my personal opinion i think it's i think it's perfect <laughs> i really like what you said i can uh we've started doing that with uh a foster not we, we try not to count fish and we try to just enjoy the fish that we do get and mm-hmm. um, have time out, out on the water. Uh, and what you just said was, was just perfect. And what you've exper- to say it from experience, not just, you know, you, you live it with these kids and you hear from these mentors that you said are your friends and you're talking to mm-hmm. them all the time. Um, so I think it's great, man. I, I am just so, I was so pumped to hear and learn more about this. And I'm so glad that we had the chance to learn from you uh, and I really appreciate you giving us the time to hear what the Mayfly Project not only means to you, but how it impacts. Um, and it's crazy. You're in another country now. I mean, that that's just awesome, man. Congratulations. And uh, that, as you said, it's due to the great volunteers you have and the people who make you guys do what you do. So um, mayflyproject.com. Right. And uh, you also have a pretty good uh, presence on Instagram at Mayfly Project, correct? Yep. Yep. And uh, any yep. other if people want to reach out, those are the two best ways, correct? Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, either Facebook, Instagram, or our website are probably the best, best two ways or three ways, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to count it. <laughs> You're good, man. Yeah. Well, Jess, this has been phenomenal. Thanks for sharing your passion and your vision behind the Mayfly project. And, um, just thank you for, first of all, 
being willing to live it out, being willing to go at it when I'm sure it was hard in the beginning and, um, being willing to keep it going and, uh, creating this opportunity for, for, like you said, the most vulnerable population out there to be able to learn what it means to heal on the water. Um, thank you for sharing your story and, uh, thank you for spending some time with us tonight. Yeah. Well, Kevin, Josh, man, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, uh, definitely, you know, dads, uh, taking their kids fly fishing, like there's, there's nothing more important. Right. So really appreciate you guys. Well, thanks man. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode and until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of the dads on the fly podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith, family, and fishing all on the fly. Make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at dads on the fly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any dads on the fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines. Thank you.